Thank you very much, Kelly Robinson. That was not a comment. That was a plea. <laughs> please talk to him now. Talk to me. Give me a call, won't you please? Can you imagine uh, the difficulty in getting somebody to call a gardening talk show uh, in December? Uh, yeah, Christmas holiday season. Everybody's busy. People can get out now. I guess, I guess we can get out now, kind of wondering about all the variants that are out there and, and uh, do our shopping and football on TV. I'm, I'm admitting to what's going on in real life out there. Let's talk gardening. Wouldn't that be a nice release from all of the chaos of the real world? We haven't had any chaos in 2021 in our landscapes, have we? We didn't have February, did we? Let's talk about gardening, what you need to do in your landscape and gardening in the next few weeks. I'll help you if uh, you'd like to call. Jim Barto is actually filling in this week, and he's always good when he fills in. His will be the first bass voice that you will hear when you when you call through, and that number is 888-256-1080. So please do give us a call right now. He will take the information of where you are. Let's see, about to set myself up for a grammatical error there. From where you are calling. The uh, spirit of my grammar teacher at A&M Consolidated High School is uh, haunting me right now, and I want to get that right because I enjoyed grammar very much. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, Jim will wonder where you're calling from and what the topic is, and uh, then we'll go from there. And you and I can talk. We can talk about the plants at your place. If you're wondering how long you have to leave the tulips in the refrigerator before you can plant them outside, and you're saying, what? What did he just say? We can talk about that. We can talk about whether you can still plant sod at this time of year. That will really depend on where you are. Whether you need to prune those live oaks that had some freeze damage last February or whether you need to take out the, the, the ash trees that appear to be completely dead. And, and what else you need to do? Is it a good time to plant pansies? And uh, what do you do with mistletoe that you just discovered you have in your tree? See, I'm setting you up with some questions. Any of those will be fair game. How do you care for a poinsettia, and can you grow it outdoors after Christmas? And, again, that really depends on where you are. We have uh, uh, people who listen to the program in Corpus Christi and Victoria, and the answer I would give them might be a little bit different than what I would give our listeners in Amarillo. Do you think? We have listeners in Alpine and Crockett. Those are my four corners of this great state. And uh, we have listeners all in between. 33 stations, I believe, carry this program. And uh, this program has been on the air for about 35 years now. I love doing it. So please pick up that phone and give us a call. Jim will get you screened and we'll get you on the air. It's 888-256-1080. And that is for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Um. One question that does come up at this time of year is about leaving leaves on the grass. Not a good plan. Uh, the farther north you go, the worse the plan gets because leaves will trap moisture in the, uh, in the lawn, and that can lead to disease problems with your turf grass, and it also exposes, well, it doesn't expose, it protects the grass from going dormant in the winter. In North Texas, that's very important that the grass go dormant because it needs to turn brown. That's what happens with the freeze. We are eventually going to get a freeze. And uh, if you leave them, uh, leave the leaves in place, then you get a strong wind and all of a sudden uh, the leaves will be gone and the grass will be very vulnerable. 
you don't want to try to use a mulching mower to shred all of those leaves right back into the grass because there are too many of them at one time. So the best thing to do is rake them or blow them into a pile and then shred them maybe on the uh, in a bare area or uh, on the driveway or somewhere where you can get them reduced in size and then use them in the compost pile. Oh, they're fabulous in the compost pile. They're also fabulous to be used as a mulch beneath shrubs and around perennials. But I wouldn't put them in there as raw leaves, just unshredded, because they're just too fluffy and and. Uh, they don't look good, but once they're shredded, they look great, and they make a wonderful mulch So, or, or compost material. Don't send them to the landfill, whatever you do. All right, lines are filling up. Thank you all very much for that. I see that you're calling, and I appreciate you very much. Let me take uh, my first break, and then we will get the program underway. You just want to talk to Jim Bartow and hear that voice. That's the reason. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. That is my book, and the Christmas special is Verging on Over. Uh, because I, I, I get them in the mail, folks. Simple as that. This is the uh, book that I self-published because I wanted to have the book uh, that that was in my plans initially. The old cowboy boot book from 1982 and 91 uh, was a nice book when it was new, and I was satisfied with it, but not totally, because the uh, the the committees that worked on it just kept finding ways to save money, and what that meant was they were taking editorial out, and they were taking a lot of my photos out. Well, this one I did the way I wanted. I had Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as my graphic designer, and the three of us put together a book that has everything in it. 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. It's a hardback, and it was printed in Texas by Texas uh, printers and uh, on high-quality paper. I sign each book as it sells. I'm spending a day or two a week signing right now, and uh, it covers everything about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. It covers lawns and landscapes, flowers, fruit, and vegetable gardening. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar of when to do everything, when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're growing. Your satisfaction with this book is completely guaranteed, or I'll give you a full refund. I have sold 72,000 copies of the book to date, and I've not had one request for a refund. Had I put this in stores, it would have sold hundreds of thousands, but I have self-published it. They all are sold right out of our house, and that's how I can sign every copy. I'm very pleased with that. That was by my choice. It's not in stores. It's not on Amazon. You buy it from my website, or you buy it by calling my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Now, here is the Christmas special offer that's about to expire. The first book is regular price of $36.95, and that is a bargain price. I mean, it's going to have to go up with the next printing of the book. But $36.95, the second and third books, if you'd like to give it as a gift, you save $5 per book. They're just $31.95. Wait till you see this book and you say, I just paid $31.95 for that. It looks like a gift that would cost much, much more. Here are the two ways you can order it. NeilSperry.com or call this number Monday through Friday 9 to 5. Toll free 800-752-GROW. That's my office, 800 800- Seven five two four seven six nine. Gretchen will take your order and we'll get them signed and sent right away. Eight hundred seven five two four seven six nine. But by far the better way, by far far the better way is to order right now at neilsperry.com. N e i l 
S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I need to get your order this weekend in order to get them in the mail to ensure delivery ahead of Christmas. When people think of Mueller, they think quality steel buildings and durable metal roofing, but that name Mueller means so much more. It means you'll have a product that's manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers, to help design the building of your dreams. And it means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. It also means you get tons of added value, roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com. I better spell that for you. It's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877 877- Two six eight three five five three, or stop by one of their thirty-three locations. That's Mueller. That means more, and it's M U E L L E R I N C dot com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly. Thank you very, very much, and we're ready to get the program underway. Let me uh, get uh, something cleared out on my screen. I bumped the wrong thing there. Let's go to Ed and Corpus Christi. First call up today. Ed, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I'm from South Texas. I've got a question for you. What, yes, sir. When, what should I be doing about these grapevines right now? Well, tell me a little bit more. Give me some clues. What What do you have? Okay. How, how old are they? Well, I planted them last fall, and uh, they're, they're a year old now, and they've grown up over the arbor. And there's Champanelle and and the white one that you mentioned, LeBlanc or something. Okay. And uh, th- they are there are several branches growing up right now, and I understand I'm supposed to prune sometime or not. Yeah, you are. You prune in uh, in the winter, so you're coming into the pruning time. Your winter lasts about a week. <laughs> Some <right>. years. <laughs> Two days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, except for 2021, when it lasted uh, a bitter time in February. Um, yeah, you need to uh, you need to plan on removing a lot of the cane growth. They're hard to prune on arbors. Uh, that's going to be a little more of a challenge, Ed, because you have them winding around through the arbor support. Uh, grapes get very big and very heavy. Uh, your your goal is going to be to remove a lot of the cane growth each year, so that you limit the number of grapes uh, that you that you have on a vine. That that increases the the cluster size and the fruit size. Uh, if you have fewer clusters and fewer grapes, they're going to be bigger clusters and bigger grapes individually. And that's that's your goal. So that's the reason you, you do so much pruning. And you can also direct the growth. If, if, you're, if you're growing them in a vineyard, they're on trellises, on wires. Uh, not trellises like you have, but, a, you know, a wire. And uh, so you can do that much more easily. But the main thing is just thin them out a great deal, have uh, your vines grown really vigorously this year? Yes, sir. They grew. They grew quite fast. We got a few grapes. The birds got them before I did. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll need to do a lot of pruning, and I don't know that there's a real uh, rule of how to do them when they're on an arbor like you have. You're talking about an arbor that goes up over a walk. It, it's it's in the backyard. It's an arbor built kind of like a patio on both yeah. sides. Yeah. I have yeah, grapes just, growing up. 
yeah, the main thing is just remove a lot of the growth each year. And and in the in a vineyard, they're going to be talking about eighty or eighty five percent of the cane growth. Uh, you may or may not be able to to do that much pruning up over your head. Be very careful, but uh, but you're going to be taking a lot of that cane growth off, um, and uh, I think just thin them out a great deal. I, I don't know that there's the a right way or a wrong yellow, way. Mister, excuse hmm? me, Mister Neil. The leaves want to turn kind of yellow down at the bottom where they're coming out of the ground. Is there any? Is that normal or? Well, that's probably nutrient, and I would guess probably nitrogen. It, it could be iron. Uh, your soils are, what what is the pH of your soil? Do you know? This is just black gumbo, actually, right. and I put a lot of uh, actually organic material in there. All right, that's good. But as fast as they grow, they outgrow that really quickly. Their roots go a lot farther than that. Um, you might ask at a nursery that's somewhere very near to you, ask what kind of a pH that, that stands for. Well, that tells you know. the acidity or alkalinity. I didn't know if you're familiar with it. And if it's alkaline, it you, you'll need to add iron and a soil acidifier. Okay. okay. Last question. Is it too, sure. it's too late to plant the, the good old southern collard greens? Uh, not where you are, no, sir. Okay. All you're right. Good. Thank you so much. I love your call. Appreciate you. Thanks. Have a good yes, day. Sir. Yes, sir. Bye bye. Let's Bye-bye. let's come inland a little farther still. Let's go to Terry in College Station. Terry, this is Neil. Good morning. Oh, Terry. Terry left me. Had a, a St. Augustine question. I don't know what Terry wanted, but uh, hopefully Terry will call back. Um, so, so that leaves me with two open lines. We have four, and so I'm halfway there. Eight 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 two five six. 1080. We go to Jason in Bowie. Jason. Oh, come on, folks. Don't do this to me. So I'm out of business now. I have no calls. This is what happens if you're not patient. you got to be patient with me. So uh, 888-256-1080. I'll get to you as quickly as I can. I want to give you good answers, but uh, if you're the second one in line, it will take a couple minutes. That wasn't a long time. 888-256-1080. Call right now. I'll go ahead and get a break out of the way. That'll speed it up for the next people who call. Please, if you're calling, uh, just uh, uh, once uh, uh, once Jim gets you screened and puts you on hold, then uh, just sit tight for just a moment or two. You can hear programming, and, and uh, uh, you'll you'll hear me coming to you. It's And he'll tell you how many callers are ahead of you. It will not be more than three. It probably will be more like uh, one or two. 888-TOLL-FREE, 888-256-1080. Call now, please. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter that we publish every Thursday night, just a little after 6 p.m. Like uh, two, or, I get mine at 4 after 6. I have four. 18 years. <laughs> so I think that's pretty regular. Uh, there are five stories in eGardens each week. One story is always gardening this weekend where I outline the things you need to do in the ensuing three or four days for that weekend. We send it out Thursday evening so you can look at it Thursday evening and make your plans of what you need to pick up the next day so that you'll be all set for Friday evening and especially Saturday and Sunday. Uh, things that you're going to try to accomplish. One of the stories is always a featured plant of the week, something that is very current and of interest in the landscape and garden that weekend. And one of the uh, uh, stories is always going to be a featured question of the week, something that is crossing gardeners' minds that I'm being asked repeatedly. 
This coming week, Diane Sitton has a wonderful story. I looked at it yesterday. She files early. I really appreciate Diane Sitton. She lives in southeast Texas, and her stories are beautifully illustrated. And this is things that you and I can do that we can make from uh, uh, things from the grocery and from out in nature to attract birds to our landscape. What a wonderful story and beautifully illustrated. So that's uh, one of the special features coming up this week in eGardens. eGardens is free and it always will be. F-R-E-E. You don't pay for it. I'm not going to hook you with a subscription after a month or anything like that. For 18 years, we've been sending out eGardens free. I, I will never spam you. I don't send you anything to say, hey, since you subscribed to eGardens, thought you'd like to know about that. Don't do that. Um, and we don't give or sell your email address to anybody. What you see with eGardens is exactly what you'll get. And if you want to see what it looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up for it. You have to subscribe to it like 80,000 other people have done. And that's at neilsperry.com. Same place you go to get that Christmas special on my book. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on the eGardens tab, scroll down. That's where you sign up. And that's where you can see the most recent issue of Neil Sperry's eGardens. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we go back to our phone lines. Let me get something out of the way here. Just a moment, please. And uh, that's not working for me. I'm ready to roll here. Let's go to Bruce and Victoria. Bruce, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, Uh, sir. I I would like to get your recommendation on on prevention and and control of uh, or, or eradication of brown patch and floor tan, and then what what do you recommend uh, as far as a systemic fungicide? To... Well, I don't I don't know that you're going to eradicate. Uh, well, you'll eradicate. I don't know that you can prevent. Um, let me back up and just kind of first of all, of all the disease problems that St. Augustine has, I love St. Augustine and and Floritan being the 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 variety that you folks in the southern third of the state uh, grow most commonly. Uh, in North Texas, we have Raleigh St. Augustine. I, I live outside the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it is my turf grass of choice. But I have, and, and Bruce, you may not have heard me say this. I chuckle when I say it. It's like some of my other friends. It has really developed a lot of baggage. Wow, you got a lot of problems, pal. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and Floritam's the same way. You know, they have winter problems uh, uh, with with uh, winter kill and and brown patch and take all root rot and gray leaf spot and the list seems to grow every five or ten years. There's something new that shows up and chinch <laughs> bugs, and and it, of all of them, brown patch is the least scary to me because it doesn't really kill the grass it just makes it look awful but it comes back from it and so with that in mind i want to put my arm around your shoulder and just say you know it's going to be okay and and so uh, with that in with that said um the the best control for it when you first see it i think that's the best remedy is to learn what it looks like the day it shows up in your lawn when the blades just begin to start that yellowing that tells you, oh, I think it's here again. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that. You can tell about about a week before the patches really get unsightly. You can tell where they're going to be, 
and yes. uh, they begin to yellow, and, and you can pull on them and see that rotted uh, base to the leaf sheath, the blade sheath. And that's the time to use a fungicide called azoxystrobin. The only, the only product that has that active ingredient at this point that I know of in the consumer market is Scott's Disease X. Um, uh, uh, it's uh, Disease and then capital E-X. And I think it may be Halts with Disease X. Now they've changed the name of that a little bit. Um, Texas A&M now calls that Large Patch. Everybody wants to change names of things. And uh, so you can find research and, and information on it through the Texas A&M website by researching either brown patch or large patch. It's the same disease. But okay. uh, if you treat, as soon as you see the symptoms, you can uh, control it. Um, and maybe there'd be some preventive nature of using that uh, fungicide um, a little bit ahead of when you normally see brown patch in your area. I still call it brown patch, old habit. Um, for what it's worth, uh, gray leaf spot in the summer and take all root rot in the spring are also controlled with the same fungicide. So it may be that you'll have it out there anyway. And if you're doing, if you have had those problems and are treating for them, you may get some preventive uh, control by using that material for them, maybe hanging around waiting to help the brown patch problem too. So, uh, and, and then of a, course, a granular, uh, Yes. Uh, let's see. It is granule, and uh, uh, I don't know if it's a spray or not. I don't know. I, I need to look. I need to look. Mental lapse right now. But the, the other thing is you need to be sure to go uh, to the uh, daytime watering. Uh, a lot of cities have uh, nighttime requirement for watering, and that's, that really exacerbates the brown patch problem, and so you don't want to be doing that. Okay. The uh, let me spell azoxystrobin. Yeah, and, please. Yeah, a z o x y s t r o b i n, and uh, it is available for. What was, what was uh, the last? A -Z -O -X I got I'm like the kid selling encyclopedias. I got to start from the beginning. A z o x y s t r o b i n, and it's listed as heritage for uh, lawn care companies. They have a product that they use that contains hair. It's called Heritage. And so if they say, well, I'm using Heritage, that's the same thing. Same thing? Okay. Yeah. And once there is a second product out there in the market, I'll, I'll mention it too. I'm not beholden to Scott's. I, I don't do that. I don't do my program that way. But since <laughs> mm -hmm. they're the only one, and since that name is a mouthful, I thought, well, I'll just give the shorter name. Well, Bear makes a product, but it, it kind of looks like sawdust. But man, it, it just it's hard to, to apply. Uh, yeah. You know, you're supposed to put it out with a spreader, and it just doesn't apply evenly or anything. So, well, and we we used to on take all root rot. We used to, the early recommendation in the late '90s when that disease first became a problem, uh, at least in our area, it first became was to put sphagnum peat moss out, and that was really hard to apply. Good gosh, mm. so I I yeah. know. But the brown patch won't won't uh, won't kill your lawn. What it does do is weaken the grass and the patches. And then in the areas of Texas where it does get cold, then uh, that will kill the grass, or other things can kill the grass. It's it's worth treating. I don't want to talk people out of treating for it. Yes, sir. So anyway, well, thank hope you, I Mr. helped. Perry. And I'm I'm going to go to it's Neil. I'm going to go to the Scotts uh, website on the on the product. I should know that I haven't used it. Uh, 
in the last couple of years, and I can't remember what I was using. So okay, lost my mind. Well, thanks again right. for the information. Have a good one. Thanks for the call very much. Take care. All right, let's see. Let me uh, let me take a break, and then we'll come to Agnes and College Station. We'll be talking grapes again, and that's a good thing. Um, my book is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Folks, the post office is, we send our, our books uh, uh, via the post office because we can track them. And uh, they have offered us very, very good service for many years on everything that I have mailed uh, through books and other things. And they are telling us, as the other delivery service companies are telling all of us, that they can't get enough manpower. It's tough, and they're running a day or two behind on things. And for that reason, I'm encouraging you to order my book now. I'm also signing books as fast as I can and as many a day as I can. I've also, I've been honest with you. I've told you I have some vertigo issues, and looking down and signing is tough. And uh, so... I'm asking, if you want to give my book, I'd love to have the business, and I'd love to sign a book for you, but I need to get your order soon, please. Uh, and it makes a wonderful gift. I think the people will be happy with your gift to them for years to come. 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. It covers every aspect of outdoor gardening, 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things that apply to the other 10 chapters. Chapter 2 is a calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of your plants. Chapter 3 is a really detailed chapter on trees in the landscape, trees for Texas, and then shrubs for Texas, vines and ground covers, annuals and perennials, lawns and fruit and vegetables. I spent a year doing this book. It's uh, the best work I've ever turned out professionally, and I'd like to get a copy in your hands, and I'll guarantee your satisfaction, or I'll refund every penny. I have to do that because I chose not to put it in stores or on Amazon, but only to sell it through my office. And uh, the reason for that is because I can sign every copy that way. The way that you order it is from my website or by calling my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. The first book, here's the special deal for you for Christmas. First book, regular price of only $36.95. The second and third book shipped to the same address at the same time, $31.95. You say $5 a book. That's a tremendous deal, but that's only for a very limited time more. Here are the two ways you can order, neilsperry.com or call this number Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way is at neilsperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Appreciate that. And uh, the phone line is available for another caller or two if you'd like to call 888-256-1080, just like Kelly said. Uh, Jim Barto is running the boards and answering the phones for me today, filling in, and we appreciate him very much. 888-256-1080. Agnes is in College Station. Good morning, Agnes. How can I help you? Good morning, Neil. Uh, could you tell me the types of the varieties of grapes that grow best in College Station? Uh, yes, I will, and I will tell you that's not my strongest suit. My uh, experience is more with ornamental horticulture, but uh, Champanel 
and uh, probably, uh, I would say, black Spanish. I'm going to suggest that you look at an extension publication uh, that is uh, is written by the people who are the best um, uh, in, uh, in grapes, and that would be uh, uh, Jim Camas, K-A-M-A-S, Larry Stein, and Monty Nesbitt. Uh, Larry Stein is extension project leader. He's the top guy in extension service in, in horticulture. Good friend of mine, and, and these guys have done a lot of different publications on different fruit crops. Uh, those are two old standard uh, fruit varieties, very old standard fruit varieties are very dependent. They have a, a, a fact sheet called uh, Pierce's Disease Tolerant Grapes. That's one of the things that you really are going to want to get is a, a variety that is resistant to Pierce's disease, uh, P-I-E-R-C-E, apostrophe S. And uh, this fact sheet does not have, I, I looked it up just to have it in front of me when uh, when you called, uh, it does not have a fact sheet number like most of the things do that come out of A&M. So you need that exact title, Pierce's Disease Tolerant Grapes. And uh, it lists the varieties and why you want them and where you want them in Texas. And uh, those are those are the two that are, are most commonly recommended uh, for South Central, Southeast Texas. Okay, terrific. Well, I have two more questions. One is, I have a small orchard out in the country that's not fenced, and it looks like deer are chewing on my trees. Is that probably what, what the damage to the uh, trunks is caused by? Very likely that, or or uh, some. How far up the uh, bark is it? How, how far up the trunk? Um, two and a half, three feet. Yeah, that would be that would be deer. If it's down near the ground, even rats will do that. I've seen rats do a lot of damage, but yeah, that sounds more like deer. Okay, and then if I'm going to plant uh, something in an area that already has grass growing, and it's uh, I want to clear it to plant some plants, what's the best to spray on the ground to kill what's there and then plant? All right, and I missed what is already growing there. Uh, it's grasses. I think it's. Uh, Bermuda. Oh, okay. I, I didn't hear what the plant was, and so I needed to know that. Uh, the best uh, control for uh, grasses of any kind would be one of the glyphosate sprays, like the original Roundup or Cleanup. Um, I'm not sure how effective they're going to be in December, however. You want to put them on uh, active growth. You want to put them on the on the grass or the weeds when they're growing actively. The glyphosates are most effective um, on on grasses, more so than they would be on uh, vines and clover and dandelions, things like that. Not that those are going to be a problem for you in planting uh, a garden or uh, other things. You just rototill those and they're gone. But for Bermuda grass and Johnson grass, things of that sort, you can control those with a glyphosate spray. The nice thing about the original Roundup uh, is that it does not go into the soil. It does not contaminate the soil at all. So you don't have any residue left. Uh, you need to be sure that you get the original glyphosate that is there by itself. It does not have any other active ingredient. That product was so successful and so effective that um, the company ended up buying the, the product line, expanded on it, and put other ingredients with it for other purposes. And, and you don't want to get one of those because there are active ingredients in those that will stay in the soil. Okay, terrific. That answers my question. I wanted to just say I heard you 
uh, talking about your book, and I have very much enjoyed my book, and I would recommend Super. it for anyone who enjoys plants. Super. Well, thank you. And I will tell you, I'm going to go back to two things that we've talked about. One is that I worked harder on the fruit and, and uh, pecan chapter than I did any other chapter. And George Ray McEachern, uh, retired from Texas A&M, a 40-year friend, uh, worked on that chapter with me. He proofread everything with me on the phone for about four hours. And uh, so I'm very comfortable with that chapter, but it was it was a labor for me because that is not my training. And so... Uh, the book has the information you need, but it did not come easily. And so uh, thank you for the nice comment. And then relative to the uh, the damage to the trunks, you really do need to uh, take some kind of action to stop that. It may involve nothing more than putting some, some stakes around the tree, maybe even close to the trunk, so that the deer can't get up to the bark of the tree. Because when the bark is lost all the way around the trunk, it will kill the tree. You don't have to do much damage to the bark if it goes all the way around before the tree will be gone. Okay. Well, I'm just considering fencing the whole orchard, which I think is going to have to be what's done. And if it's for deer, it's got to be a pretty high fence. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. All All right. right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Thanks for the nice comment. All right. We'll take our last break, and then we will come back. Let me see where I am. We have Stephen and LT. So let me get right to my break. Uh, I'm just going to tell you my website. This is where you buy my book. It's where you sign up for eGardens and where you find my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. Simple as that. The website is my name, Neil Sperry. Alphabetic order on the vowels. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. NeilSperry.com. I hope you'll go there. Hope you'll take a look at the book. Hope you'll sign up for eGardens. NeilSperry.com. Seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. But let's do some math. For what you are paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building in your own backyard. You'd own it. How's that happen? It happens with a Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with a bolt-together design, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes and more than 30 colors from which to choose, adding style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller Metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. You can see all the options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or you can give Mueller a call at 877-2-MUELLER. To find a location near you, that's the number 2, 877 268 Three five five three. That's Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. More after this message. All right, Kelly. Thank you very much. We go to Stephen in Amarillo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Morning, sir. How can I help you? Well, generally, uh, me and my wife are vegetable and uh, fruit gardeners. However, we have an area out in front of our house where we've planted a large and successful number of bulb flowers. However, one that we just don't seem to be able to get success with is calla lilies. They grow 
and I would even say they grow a little bit on the weak side, but they don't flower. Okay. Well, and you're growing them outdoors. Yes. That may be part of the problem. Uh, do they make it through the winter time? They have for several years, but then eventually they have disappeared. Yeah. And I don't know that I've ever gotten a successful flowering out of my calla lilies that I have planted outside. And, I mean, they're they're sold in the lawn and garden section like they're an outdoor plant, so I've assumed they were. Yeah. Uh, are you – I don't want to hear – specific names of the lawn and garden of the of the stores but is that a national chain of some sort or another yeah just big box random yeah and they're bought uh in a big box random manner out of another state somewhere for all of their stores and that's probably not going to work and and please remember how how different uh, the climates are in in their in their market area. Calla lilies will grow outdoors and bloom fairly well in the southern half of the state. I guess it's not a plant that I've ever recommended highly. There are people who do well with them. Uh, they're they're primarily going to be grown in with ferns and uh, hostas and things of that sort, and and that's going to put them over toward East Texas, and in shaded areas, highly organic, but. I, I would never have guessed that they would survive a winter in Amarillo. All right. Well, um, that, that at least that, saves me from wasting my time with I them. wouldn't. <laughs> I really wouldn't. You're, you're going to do well with some of the northern bulbs that people can't grow because they don't get cold enough. You're going to have good luck with those that South Texas can't grow, and I'd, I'd concentrate on those instead. Yeah, we've had spectacular results with tulips, daffodils, there you hyacinth. Go. Um, the grape hyacinth is, is new to us, and we're just loving it. Aren't they pretty? Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Go with the things that are, are well adapted to Kansas, to Missouri, and uh, to the climates that are like you are, except they have a little more humidity. Go with those, and, and don't, don't tempt yourself with the southern things. And uh, and you'll be good. You'll be really good. All right. Well, I appreciate it. There we're you go. Appreciate it. Cracking open your. We're looking forward to cracking open your book on Christmas morning. I've got it for my wife. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Have a good day. All right. Let me go to LT in Buffalo Gap. LT, this is Neil. Last call of the day. How can I help you? Well, Neil, I have two questions. One, I bought some uh, five-gallon uh, live oaks about year and a half ago and i finally put, put them in last september a year ago and um i just want to know but down here in buffalo gap we have what red dirt and and uh sandy soil you know when okay. it's wet it's, it's easy to dig when it's hard when it's dry you can't dig it yeah so i was wondering how often should i water those I've whenever the soil is them. dry that will vary a lot uh, this time of year it, it may be uh, every five or seven days with the, the warm weather that we've been experiencing, it may be, uh, in two or three weeks. It, it just varies. I, I, I try not to answer that particular question. Yeah. How often do I try well, to I drink water? If you have another I question, can't. I can probably help you with it better than I can that one because All there right. is no answer grass to that. Burrs. One. Grass burrs. Okay. I, I'm trying to control those. You need to use a pre-emergent weed killer. It's the only thing that will control grass burrs, and uh, that's going to be something such as uh, Baylan or Halts 
or um, uh, one of the other pre one of the other pre-emergent weed killer granules that you would apply in the spring. You're going to apply it uh, about two weeks before the average date of your last killing freeze, and then the second application will come 90 days later. And uh, I'll be talking a lot about them at that time, but you must you must not miss the application dates because if you do, then you will not get a second chance. Once they are up and growing, then uh, then there is no coming back. Uh, once they're growing, you you have no post-emergent control for them. So it's it's okay. going to be. Well, I wrote uh, I wrote that down. Yeah, you betcha. That's and we'll see uh, that's if we can get them under control. Yep. You can do it. All right. Appreciate it very much. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Jim Barto, thank you for a great program and, and running it very well for me. I appreciate you all, and uh, I hope that you have a wonderful gardening week. We'll be back live next Saturday, and I hope you'll join us then. Thank you so much. I'm Neil Sperry. Until then, happy gardening.